It's hard to find an expert more dedicated than John Clayton. He's the consummate pro. We'll see how the 4-3 and the cover three work together. John Clayton with the latest. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Whenever we need a brilliant insight, he's available at the drop of a hat. Hey, Ma! I'm done with my segment! This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity! Episode 253, submission number 2111. Top Secrets. Shh. It's a Top secret. Se- it's a secret. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a secret. Okay, all right, all right. Top Secret was a series of three unsold pilots, all for CBS in 1988. Shh. Don't say anything. Guys. I think we could use Garrett Morris here to help out. Okay. With, with uh, help, helping out for the deaf. Yeah. The okay. Deaf and hard of hearing. Oh, I, I can't really yell because my windows are open and my neighbors are. So, what do you guys do? Oh, I can do it. No one's here. Okay. Top Secret was a series of unsold pilots for CBS, three of them, in 1988. Good. The cops aren't coming. It's time to play Top Secret. Here are the clues. I can get you into hot water. My ring won't fit your finger. Eventually, you're bound to pull my plug. And I'm your rubber ducky's personal pawn. The top secret answer is... From Television City in Hollywood, you can win over $15,000 in cash if you can conceal your identity on... Top Secret! And here's the man with all the secrets, Wake Martindale! Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Welcome to Top Secret. By the way, when I did the little street lounge last night, or the other night with Andy, we were watching Ant-Man, Garrett Morse randomly pops up in the movie for some reason as a... You remember that, Chico? Garrett, I do! Garrett Morse just randomly pops up. Why he pops up, I don't know. Hey, it's Garrett Morse. He ain't need a reason. He's one of the original not ready for primetime players. He's Chico. He need a reason. He's Chico Escuela. He's Chico Escuela! He's one of the most famous Mets from 1973. Right? Right. Anyway... Top secret. How do you get from game show idea to incredibly hard to find board game in one swoop? The answer Wake Martindale. It was the 1980s, and having hosted his fair share of game shows and found incredible success with everything he ever did. Wake Martindale, host of Gambit, host of Tic-Tac-Toe, host of more game shows than I can remember. 
he turned his hand at creating game shows. He created Headline Chasers in 1986, and then he created Bumper Stuffers in 1987. Bumper Stuffers lasted a little bit longer than Headline Chasers, but only because it was on cable where the standards were really low. And also it was a Canadian production. Oh yeah, where it was dirt cheap to produce. And also, the guy from Bare Naked Ladies was a contestant. That would be Stephen Page. You're not wrong, yeah. (laughs) Stephen Page was a contestant on Bumper Stumpers. Uh, uh. Thank you. And the theme to Bumper Stumpers is one of my favorites. Yes, Ed Lejeski is one of the greatest musical composers of my childhood. And I say this because as a choir boy, like half of our arrangements were done by Ed Lejeski. Oh, wow. Well, also, I think we do need to make a little correction. Uh, let's use the past tense because I am pretty sure he's not with us any longer. Okay. But also, since you mentioned Ed Lejeski, not only did he do Bumper Stumpers theme, he did the Top Secret theme. Yes, and if you follow Wink Martindale on YouTube... Oh, yeah, that's the theme. Are, you've already heard it. You've already heard it. do 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 And, of course, we played it at the top of the podcast. Uh, well, that plus the actual opening by Johnny Gilbert. But, yeah, this is basically Wink Martindale creation number three is he third time lucky because remember headline chasers was done by merv griffin in 1986 but it didn't really go anywhere well actually it had one full year in syndication and that was it bumper stumpers had the support of barry enright yep and global television and yeah i was gonna say two networks usa and global yeah but for Top Secret, Wink Martindale was pretty much flying on his own. Well, not on his own, because he created the show with his partner at the time, Jerry Gilden. And it was a, on paper, it seemed like a very simple premise. Keep your identity secret while trying to suss out your opponent's. On paper, it seems like a good idea. Then there was the whole fleshing a game out of it. That's where you fall into the chasm. Here's how a typical game of Top Secret is played. Three players have four clues, each worth $250, $500, $750, and $1,000. The $250 clue is the hardest, and the $1,000 is usually the easiest. You win money by answering questions whose values are determined by a random number generator atop of the player's line of sight. Not unlike the Press Your Luck board, the lights chase while the values change. The only way to know for sure how much a question is worth 
is to ring in with an answer. You ring in with the correct answer, you win that money and a chance to reveal one of your opponent's clues based on how much money you have in your bank. If you are wrong, you are locked out of the next question and play continues with another toss-up. You eliminate your opponent by correctly figuring out who they are supposed to be. And of course, clues are usually punny bordering on dirty. For example, let's use the one that was used at the top of the show. I can get you into hot water. My ring won't fit your finger. Eventually, you're bound to pull my plug. And I'm your rubber ducky's personal pond. You would figure out the top secret identity of Bathtub. Every time you knock out a player or close their case in game parlance, you win $100. And the last player standing keeps the money in their bank. Wait, what did you say? They keep the money in the bank. Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> did I just say the secret word, Groucho? Get a ref out here right now. I'm cashing in my money. In the oh, bank yeah. Bank. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's time to finally reveal my money in the bank for late May. And Mike, I promise this is not going to be terrible. Okay, you ready? For the record, I have no idea, and neither does Mike, what Greg picked. Nope. We are all finding out together right now. Okay, you ready? Here we go. That's right, in May, the famous Teddy Z will be my money in the bank on the park. My man! man. And the best thing is, this week I discovered that Crackle has the entire series on the famous Teddy Z. So you can watch all 20 episodes on Crackle. So, my man! Greg, I'm curious, what drove you to choose this show as your money in the bank? I have an enthusiasm. It's, it's not as, as big as Chico's, but I still, you can see my face. I was smiling. I think that's a great choice. What, what was your thinking behind uh, doing that besides picking a show that's better than, than Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show? Well, well that and also because Alex Rocco won an Emmy for this show, but also 
This is John Cryer's first TV show. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, very young John Cryer. Very, I was wondering if it's maybe something that you remember from, you know, when you're three or four years old. Something Not, I remember when I was eight or nine years old. Well, I, I was, remember it too, yeah. Well, I was like way too young when this show originally aired, but it's like I've seen like so much of this show like through like stories about it over the years. And when I finally discovered it was on Crackle, you know what? I thought, you know, we've been talking about maybe doing this show one day. I figured now it's the perfect time. You played your hand perfectly. Good job. Very good. Good job. Well, okay. So now let's get back to top secret. Okay. So they have the money in the bank. What happens next, Chico? Okay. The winner of the game. And they played two, theoretically, they're supposed to play two games in a half hour. Theoretically. The winner of a game wins a chance to go to the Super Sleuth round, where they have to solve six more top secrets with three clues each for $5,000. However, if they win a second time, they go back to the Super Sleuth for an additional $10,000. So if you do it right, you could win $15,000. Win or lose, if you win both games, you return the next day, theoretically, as the champion. And of course, since this is 1988, I believe the earnings cap on CBS would still be 50000 Yeah, because wouldn't it have... Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have been bumped up to 75,000 until what 92? Well, no, wouldn't it have been like before 90? Because didn't we talk in uh, the Super Jeopardy episode about how Frank Spangenberg had to give money to charity because Jeopardy yeah. aired on certain CBS affiliates? And I think yeah. the cap was 75 grand. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. So if you do it right, you can make a whole lot of money. But, but, if there are two different game winners in a half hour, the player who did the best in the Super Sleuth round will be crowned the champion and return to base two challengers on the next day. So if you get like five, your opponent has to meet or beat that number in order to return the next day. So basically it's pyramid rules from the 80s. It's pyramid rules from the 80s, yes. And that's the game. Three pilots were made. Wake Martindale has one on his YouTube channel. And there is a bootleg recording also on this YouTube. Of the third pilot. Of the third pilot. Second pilot lost the time. I don't know. Or it hasn't been publicly available. It's sitting a vault somewhere. Who knows? Right. So you guys want to play a game of top secret? Sure, I guess. Yeah, we're not doing anything else right now. All right. It's time to play Top Secret. Here are the clues. I can get you into hot water. My ring won't fit your finger. Eventually, you're bound to pull my plug. They're really trying to sell the whole espionage aspect of this show, aren't they? Pretty much. And here's the man with 
He is a man with a lot of secrets. Thank you very much. Welcome to Top Secret. Nice to have all of you with us. This is the show that's all about discovering secret identities. So let's get started by meeting and discovering the identities of today's players. Here they are. I gotta love that set. It's very. I love. I love the chasing lights. I love the probed out letters. And the thing of it is, it's nice and compact too. So it's big, but it doesn't look big. Or is it? Or it's small, but it doesn't look small. That's what I meant to say. So you see where this palette is simple, but at the same time incredibly complex. Only the last player remaining in each game will get to keep his or her cash and go on to play our super sleuth round. Everybody ready to play? Yeah, I can see how it can get complex. I shall let you know that both. I shall let you know that every toss-up question is an either-or question. You're either going to get it right or you're not. And if you get it wrong, obviously you are locked out of the next question. Now here's your first $250 clue. When it comes to cash, I've had my fill. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Yeah. Get, get it. I see what you did there. I uh, read the Chris Evans clip. I understood that reference. I understood that reference. Sometimes I give people gas. Sometimes I give people gas. It's, it, it is not broccoli, but I can tell you right now, broccoli will give you gas. Peanut, oh, I get it, because he was a peanut yeah, farmer. he was a peanut farmer.
Alright, Mike's secret identity. When it comes to cash, I've had my fill. And now, his second clue, it's not funny how kids are always breaking me up. I don't know what's worse. The clues or the questions? How about both? Okay. Alright, uh, when it comes to cash, I've had my fill. It's not funny how kids are always breaking me up. And your third clue is, when you bring home the bacon, put it in me. Yeah, the bacon clue gave it away. Bacon. Everybody loves bacon, Mike. One thing I don't like about this show already, they force you to buy a clue if you have enough money. Yes. I don't like that. I know, I know that stresses out the game, but you should be able to bank up your money and knock off a $1,000 clue and then a seven fifty. I don't like you know, having to play the clues, but I get it to fill out the length of the show. Although, each of the pilots are 20, 23, 24 minutes in length, so there's still a lot of, you know, if you're talking about half an hour of game show time in 2022, you'd still have to find, like, two minutes to cut off somewhere. Yeah, because aren't the GSN shows usually 20 minutes? Yeah. Alright, remember, sometimes I give people gas, and my job makes me feel down in the mouth. Good night, everybody! Continues. 
Wendy, you're up to $550. You can buy a clue. I would like to earn $500 clues. All right, first of all, let's go to Sharon and see what we know about her. All right, your clues. Sometimes I give people gas. My job makes me feel down in the mouth. And for $500, I could crown the queen if I had to. Wendy, three seconds. A prince. She's a prince. You have $100. Sharon, are you a prince? No, not a prince. Again. Or Abel. Which one of you was related to Cain? Sharon, for $250. Abel. Yes, Cain and Abel. Sharon? With $400, not enough to buy her $750 clue. Here's your next top secret toss-up. Macaroni or Marvin? Which one is the name of Yankee Doodle's feather? Wendy for 350 Macaroni? Yes, Macaroni yes. from the song. Put a feather. Gold it, Macaroni. Yep. Right, Wendy, you have a total now of $400. Still now, you'll both have $400. Neither one of you can buy a clue. Next question. Her feet or her fanny? What does Ronnie Anderson say is the one part of her body she wishes was smaller? All right, Wendy, for seven hundred dollars. Yes, she wishes her feet were a great deal smaller. Because, duh. Yeah. All right, she wants your seven hundred and fifty dollars clue, Sharon. This is the final clue. If you guess correctly, Wendy, you'll win one hundred dollars in the game. Guess incorrectly, and Sharon will pick up one hundred dollars and win the game. So this is very important. This is what we know about Sharon so far. Sometimes I give people gas. Plus. I could crown the queen if I had to. And my job makes, my job makes me feel down in the mouth. And for $750, with a little drilling, I can get on your nerves. It is a dentist. Oh, I get it. I could crown the queen if I had to. <laughs> because you get it? A crown and also gas. So Wendy, Wendy wins three fifty. Well, actually, it's four fifty now, and she goes on to the super sleuth round right after this break, which is not really a break because pilot. Duh. This is a pilot. Yeah, no, there's no commercials in pilots. Silly. That's just. Thanks, Johnny Gilbert. Did I mention that Johnny Gilbert once said my name? You mention that all the time, Chico. I know, I just love hearing I just love saying it. Oh! The Super Sleuth briefcase. And the money has Wig's face on it. Ha ha ha! You'll have 60 seconds to solve six secret identities. Each identity will have three clues, Wendy. You may take one guess for each clue, and if you don't know the answer after the third clue, you may pass on to the next identity. Each correct answer will earn you a couple of hundred dollars, and if you can correctly solve six in 60 seconds, okay. you'll win $5,000. Can you do it? I hope so. Uh, can you use the money? Yes, okay. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Ready? Okay. Go. Clue one. My camels are in herds, not carcasses. I don't pass. Clue two. The $25,000 pyramid is my time to show. Yes, no, clue three. Egypt. I'm not complaining, but this place stinks. Egypt. Yes, Egypt. Yeah. I've appeared at Carnegie Hall. Yes. Clue two. When I have a baby, it's grand. Piano. Piano. Clue one. While I'm violent, I've been called civil. Dial. 
No, flu two. Some folks say I'm hell. War. No, flu three. Without me, Tolstoy would have only... War. Yes. Flu one. I'm not lazy, but I work in my robe. Flu two. When I enter, I get a rise out of everyone. Judge. Judge. Flu one. I get smacked at the dinner table. Flu two. I bring a smile to your face. Oh, the guy I get, I get smacked at the dirt table. Whoever gets slapped by Zachary Quinto. Oh. Oh, Alaska. No. She has $800, more right, $800, and she will be champion as long as somebody does not beat that in the next game. Because Pyramid rules. Well, obviously. Okay, you know, just after that first round, one big strategy is look for the pun. Look for the punny clue. I mean, I'm looking at the clues that you guys are just playing along with, and it's like if you can suss out that one word, you can nail these in in one generally two terms. Yeah. That's what if you're throw saving fails there. Players, here comes your next top secret toss-up. Good luck to all of you. Humphrey Bogart or James Cagney. Which drug wore the drug? For $400, Karen? Humphrey Bogart? Humphrey Bogart. He always wore a little hairpiece all during those great years in the movie. All right, Karen, you have $400. Oh, Who would you like to buy? I'll take Wendy for $250, please. Going over there for Wendy, $250. Clue. She just gave you a rough look at Karen. Wendy, take a look at your $250 clue and read it to us, please. I'm bright and engaging. Karen, three seconds. A light bulb. Pardon? A light bulb. A light bulb. Wendy, are you a light bulb? Well, that's a good day. Oh. Karen, I like that. They're shells or they're sex. Which do oysters change once a year? Mike, for $250. They change their all right uh first clue the british birds be up the white house the colonies american colonies Sharon, are you the american colonies no way next question learn to swim or get drunk which of these was Noah, the first man in the Bible, that Mike for $700? He got drunk. He got drunk, yeah. He planted yeah. the first vineyard after the flood, then went out and celebrated. Mike has $700. How do you spend it? $500. Oh, the Wendy flew for $500. <laughs> All right. This is, this is what we know about Wendy so far, Mike. I'm bright and engaging. Give me your $500 clue, Wendy. I'm often copied, but the original is carbon. Mike, three seconds. It's a diamond. It's a diamond. Mike, if you're white with your answer, Diamond, Wendy's eliminated, and you have $100. Wendy, could it be that you are a diamond? Yes, I'm oh, a yes, diamond. Right. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Wendy, you've been discovered. That was easy. That was easy. 
We'll see how that score holds up a little later. A, right now, Wendy, your case is closed. Uh, Hope to see you again later. Time will tell. So what? Um, diamond. Okay, yeah. One down, one to go. Let's find out who will win this game as we continue with this next top secret toss-up question. Scarecrow or Mrs. King? Which one would Mr. King hang in his cornfield to fight in the birds? Mike for $150. A scarecrow. You gotta know it'd be a scarecrow. That's $150, Mike. Not enough cash to buy Sharon's next clue, so here's your next question. Both of you, stretch or belt? In the morning, which of these is the first thing ants do? Mike for $300. They belt. No, would you believe they actually stretch? Mike, you got a layout on this question. Sharon, this is for you and you alone. Nebraska or Kentucky? In which state did Abe Lincoln take his first breath? Kentucky. Kentucky. Because he sure as hell didn't do it in Nebraska. I wonder what the reaction is. I'm going to put my shrimp on the can. He's going for it, Sharon. But first, Mike, let's see what we know about Sharon's identity. The British burned me up. Sharon, what's your $1,000 clue? You can find your city yeah. on Pennsylvania Avenue. Three seconds. The White House. Mike, if you're right with your answer to the White House, you'll win the game and add $100 to your bankroll. Sharon, are you the White House? I'm the White House. Yeah. <laughs> You're our winner. Congratulations. Sharon, you're anything but a loser because you play this game so well. However, you've been discovered, which eliminates you from this game. We have some parting gifts for you. Our thanks, and Sharon, you're just closed. Thank you so much. He's closed. Bye bye. Okay, Mike, we're going to add $100 to your score. All right, Mike gets 100 He goes on to the Super Sleuth round, where he has to beat four. Yes, to get more than four right in order to win. Okay. Again, this is a pilot, no commercial break. We don't do commercials in pilot month. No. Apologies to Scott Hansen, by the way. That is a big briefcase, by the way. Oh, it is a big briefcase. I don't know if anybody's mentioned it, but that is a huge briefcase. You'll have 60 seconds to solve six secret identities. Each correct answer will pay you $200. Solve all six. And that's where you win the $5,000. Okay? I'm ready. Do you understand each other? Yes, I do. 60 seconds on the clock, please. Ready? Go. Two, one. When I fly, I take my trunk. A train. Dumbo. I work for peanuts in a movie. Snoopy. No, Still Dumbo. For an elephant, I'm pretty smart old. Dumbo. Right. Two, one. Sometimes I wear a brown jacket. Pass. Blue, two. 
I show up to dinner even when I'm stuffed. Turkey! No, two, three. A waiter may say this fudge for you. Potato! Yes. Potato! I love to keep people waiting. Tap, three, two. I don't mind needling you. So you do. A doctor? Doctor. Dummy. No, me too. I have 72 freckles and red hair. Howdy Judy. Yes, we won. Some men learn to live without me. Pass, we too. Strand for strand, I come out on top. Pass, we three. Women do like to tease me. Hair. Yes, we won. Hair. I'm in the TV for the big buck. Pass, we too. I'll interrupt your daily program. Commercials. Yes. Commercials. Yep. Six is better than four all day on this show, my friends. That man has five grand. Don't know if he ever got the money, but there you go. We're gonna go and total everything up. Old girl, she leaves with like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. Mike is gonna be back tomorrow with fifty-four hundred dollars. Yeah. Tomorrow. 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 This is not a video, Pies. You'd see me doing things with my fingers. You can hear the air quotes. All three of us are doing the same thing right now. It'll wrap it, foo foo, jumping through the pole, scooping up the field, mice and magic about the head. And that's the pilot. I mean, it's a simple guessing. It is a simple guessing game in a time where there were not that darn many guessing games on television. Although it wasn't really that simple, if you think about it. It was a simple guessing game made overtly complex. If you get what I'm trying to say. Yes, we get what you're trying to say. Yeah. And CBS took a look at all three pilots and just thought... And remember, they were looking for something to replace Blackout with while they were trying to uh, figure out what they're going to do with Family Feud. Yeah, it premiered in July, the Ray Combs version on uh, yep. CBS. This was supposed to be basically filler programming from the time they canceled Blackout to the time they launched Family Feud. Which shows how much faith they had in Blackout. Jay Wolpert joint. I mean, it wasn't a bad show. It was just like this show. Overly complexified. And maybe a little too punny for its own good. Yeah. Maybe it needed Jay Wolpert writing for this. He is the master of puns. Maybe it needed cardboard villains. No, I think uh, Lifetime would be a year or two removed from uh, replacing cardboard villains with actual people. You're not wrong. But so, yeah, this didn't make it, obviously, and 
they replaced Blackout with Pyramid for another 13 weeks. And what if Pyramid had actually done well? Would they have moved it elsewhere on the skid? Well, that would be kind of tough because CBS at this point, if uh, Feud was airing at 10, Card Sharks was airing at 10.30, Price is Right's on at 11. So maybe they maybe... wouldn't have had to cancel Card Sharks? Well, you know, I, I was going to say, do they get rid of Card Sharks or do they... How dare they do this? Because really, I don't think the, this had been touched for over 20 years between like 87 and 2009. Do you touch one of those soaps? You had Guiding Light. I mean, you did have the new kid on the block, uh, The Bold and the Beautiful, but obviously, you know, 35 years later, that's still in the air. Young and the I Restless. Think it, I think you're, unfortunately, I think you're just in no man's land. You can't win. You can't get rid of anything off that lineup. No, I mean, what we said, Guiding Light, Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless. It's like, can't get rid of either of those three shows. You really can't. It's like something had to give. There there had to have been some sort of give. Uh, you would have had to take half an hour or a full hour from the affiliates, or you would have had to cancel something that didn't deserve to be canceled you would have had to have done something or you delay feud yet again making mark goodson even madder probably yeah that's that's no good you don't want to make mr goodson but family feud would have already been approved for syndication in the fall of 88 right oh yeah oh Uh yeah So even if it didn't have CBS, it was going to be in syndication, the Ray Combs version. Yeah, but having it on CBS undoubtedly helped Family Feud in syndication. Oh, trust me, it did. I have fond memories of watching the CBS version, and I have fond memories of watching the syndicated version on Channel 9 here in New York. Yeah, both versions aired here in Raleigh-Durham on the Big Five, so that just took all of the guesswork out of it. I have fond memories of going to the doctor's office whenever I got sick and I had to miss school and watching uh, 92. Remember when they had Family Feud, the uh, hour-long version on The CBS? hour-long Family Feud? Oh, yeah. With the bullseye around and everything? Oh, I loved going to the doctor's office and having it on and watching that. Although the bullseye round in retrospect was just needless. In retrospect. In retrospect, it was. But it was kind of fun seeing the bank build up. Oh, yeah. An interesting story I'm reading from the game show Pilot Light. Wake Martindale has said at one point Top Secret had a berth on the schedule but was removed when there was an executive change at the iNetwork. It was not known what it would have been replaced with. The $25,000 pyramid was canceled at the beginning of 1988, like we said, and its replacement blackout was taking in the ratings after 13 weeks that was gone, and Pyramid was back, only to be replaced 13 weeks later with Family Feud. And also, Card Sharks was still a thing. At least until March of 89, when it was replaced by previous entry, the 1989 version, now you see it. Indeed. But, this show does have a bit of a legacy, because not many shows can say they didn't make it out of pilots, but they did get a board game out of it. Yes. 
how did this get approved as a board game? And how did this get passed into market? I don't understand. I don't understand either. Maybe CBS was that sure it was going to get on the lineup somehow. I don't know. Or maybe Wink bankrolled it. I don't know. I mean, it is well, credited to Wink Martindale, so he had to have some say when dealing with Parker Brothers. Yeah, and if you look on BoardGameGeek.com, they do have pictures of the actual uh, contents and the actual box. There are scenes from the pilot on the box. And all I can say is, good luck finding this on the secondary market because it was pulled not so much for the fact that the pilot failed, but mostly due to the fact that there was already a game on the market from TSR, the uh, company founded by Gary Gygax to create and distribute Dungeons and Dragons called Top Secret. In fact, if you look on the box sleeve, it says Top Secret is a trademark owned and used under license from TSR. And this is where uh, I have a neato fact of the day here. TSR was bought out by Wizards of the Coast in 1997. Wizards of the Coast was bought out by Hasbro in 1999, which has owned Parker Brothers since 1991, three years after this game entered the market. So hypothetically, what you're saying is Hasbro could release a board game version of Top Secret now with the Top Secret name and there'd be no lawsuits. With apologies to Toy Galaxy's Dan Larson, Hasbro, till all are one. I'll take that as a yes. Well, they're never going to own Mattel anytime soon, so... According to Board Game Geek contributor Alfonso Smith, who is also a friend of the podcast, I've heard, uh, that sticker with the TSR license on it was added before the game was eventually pulled. So there you go. Some details about the game. Apparently it's a dice roll game, and it can be played two to four players, and it follows much along the lines of the actual show. One player is selected to read a trivia question. The player who answers that question correctly receives a random reward between 200 and 1,000 and must buy a clue from an opponent when afforded. Guessing an opponent's subject earns the guesser $500, with the other player eliminated from the game. The process repeats until one player remains, who then goes on to play the Super Sleuth round where she or he must guess three secret subjects in under one minute. But yeah, good luck finding this on the secondary market. I did find uh, a copy with one person who owns it, but I don't believe that they're willing to give it up for painfully obvious reasons that we will not go into here. Duh. He knows who he is. I think it would have been a fun game to play at a party. This reads like a fun party game, especially if you get the writing right, if you get the mechanics done right, and 
if you have a couple of uh, libations to make it even more fun, maybe. Mm, I just think for this show that there may be a, a limit on the material. I mean, how many times can you use the same punny words? How uh, long before the audience, either contestants or the home audience, you know, gets onto these uh, punny little tricks in the writing and stuff? I just don't see it living that long just because of the material. Just my way of looking at it. But yeah, apparently of all the users on Board Game Geek, only 14 of them own this game. How many are on Board Game Geek? How many users are on Board Game Geek? Yeah. I am, I can tell you that. So me and 13 other people apparently know. No, there's a lot of people on Board Game Geek. Yeah. It's like, I want to see the top 50 trending games. Click the top one and see how many people actually own it. 14. That that does not help me. It's a different 14, but that still does not help me. Oh, click on a popular game like Codenames or something like that. Everybody's got Codenames. Okay, everybody. Or Catan. Everybody yeah, has. I don't have every, Catan, but everybody okay. and their mother has Catan. Yeah, oh, I don't have Catan. Well, that's a you problem. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, owed one hundred seventy-two thousand. So yeah, at least one hundred seventy-two thousand users on Board Game Geek. Fourteen of them own Top Secret. Yeah, that's hard to find. Indeed, so. So what can we say except? Top secret. It was an interesting idea from a legendary host, creator, producer, and icon. And in 1988, it was, at least on paper, a thing on TV. But imagine what would happen if it got to TV. I mean... I, I imagine people would be able to play along with it, but would it translate to TV? I don't know if it would have translated well, but it would have been like, I don't know, it would have been like kind of like one of those shows. If it even if it was like thirteen weeks until Family Feud came on in July of '88, sort of kind of fondly like for it being short lived, but yeah, it wouldn't have lasted that long. Yeah. Now, there was another pilot that spawned a board game, but that's another show for another episode. Wink, wink. I'm talking about Smartass. Oh, I don't know what that is. You guys want to know a secret? What is it? There are more shows like this at our website. And it was a thing on TV.com. There are more shows like this on our website. It was a thing on TV.com. God, Warner Brother, when you do that. <laughs> yeah. And we, we got all of the episodes, mini-sodes, live shows, uh, links to our good friends at the Place to Be Nation. What's the drop this week? Okay, well, it's 250 and 251. So it'd be Genesis 2 slash Planet Earth and What's Alan Watching. And I gotta say... What's Alan watching was probably like one of the most fun shows we ever did. Yep. I took another listen and it was an entertaining romp. I had a blast. Especially, I wish you could have seen my reaction 
to like the clip of when like everyone's talking to Alan on the television. Yeah, that uh, clip. It, it was an insane clip. I literally was had my face in front of the camera like, what is going on? What am I watching right now? What even is this? Especially with Eddie Murphy <laughs> protesting Corden Nimick going to prison. I I, I can't. I, and I what can't. is and why was Tiny Zeus Lister standing in front of Eddie Murphy as James Brown uncomfortably? Like he was gonna do oh, some business with him. You just answered your own question, Greg. Well, he is the human wrecking machine in more ways than one. Well, guys, normally I'd plug the episodes that we have planned for next week. But, Greg, you found something. Yes, we did. We found something. An episode of this particular series was unearthed because we did not have a full episode of this on YouTube. But Joe Murata and Michael Quinn from the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Pies unearthed this and covered this show on their podcast recently. So we thought, you know what? Maybe it's time we finally cover this on our podcast. Maybe it is. So uh, later this week, because this is Thursday as you're listening, there's going to be a bit of a break, an intermission, if you will, from the pilot month proceedings as we get set to settle it, not in the courtroom, but in a ring. In the ring, baby. And that's coming up next time, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! What the hell? I made that for you, Brian. Meg! Look, you obviously didn't hear me yesterday, so I'll explain it again. And here to assist me is headmaster of the New York School for the Hard of Hearing, Mr. Garrett Morris. Meg, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We're not boyfriend and girlfriend! I will never be attracted to you. I will never be attracted to you! You're acting like a psycho bitch. You're acting like a psycho bitch! Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. I won't be ignored, Brian. Ooh, I like your ass.